I think it's going to grow. I mean, I, I, we've seen this uh, this last several years, even before I heard a, the term composable commerce, the term microservices was thrown out, around a lot. You know, leading into the composable commerce era of feature function specific tools for specific areas, it's, it's, I think it's just going to grow. I think it's just going to, you know, accelerate. Welcome to a new episode of the Composable Commerce Leaders Podcast. And today I'm joined by Pete Ollenday uh, from another leader in the Composable Commerce space uh, and a technology partner to Spryker, a company called Vertex. Vertex is a very large business uh, with more than 4,000 customers and more than 50% of the Fortune 500 companies being their customer with more than 2,000 employees around the world and the trusted leader in the tech technology space. A very interesting uh, business to be in uh, with more than 40 years of experience. Uh, and Peter is uh, leading the consulting team. He's director of consulting for the vertical solutions uh, of Vertex uh, out of the US. Uh, he himself has more than 20 years of experience in digital commerce, having served in various interesting roles within Vertex, but also uh, in companies such as IKEA for 10 plus years. So he walks us through uh, Vertex, uh, the business, the value proposition, how it fits into the composable commerce story uh, nicely, um, and obviously how to pitch it uh, from a business objective perspective. We also share a couple of very interesting um, examples and customers uh, with Vertex. So this is a very uh, great honor to have him on the show. Let's uh, jump right into it. Let's go and enjoy. So welcome to a new episode of the Composable Commerce Leaders Podcast. Today I have uh, Peter Allday uh, from Vertex, uh, who is a trusted leader in tax technology uh, with us. Uh, it's a large company, more than 2,000 uh, people, 4,000 companies, more than 50% uh, of the Fortune 500 companies are using Vertex. Uh, and uh, so we will double click on, on this specific building block of the Composable Commerce universe and Composable Commerce story. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks, Boris. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's maybe start with um, you uh, walking us through your uh, interesting career so far and how you ended up in, in Vertex. What did you do the last couple of years? Sure. So I've been with Vertex now for will be 12 years uh, this year, um, all of it within the retail industry and all of it within our consulting organization. So helping customers implement our solutions in the retail space, whether that's point of sale solutions or with e-commerce platforms or um, ERPs, uh, anything retail related. So, um, yeah, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time here. Uh, prior to that, I, I worked for IKEA, uh, responsible for their point of sale systems in North America. Mm -hmm. um, you know, primarily on the IT side, so on mm -hmm. the technical side, and that's how I got looped into the whole Vertex world, sales tax world, right? Getting right. the tax right at the point of sale. Um, and then prior to that, I was at, I spent a, a few years at um, ENY. Um, and then prior to that, some some startups. So okay. I've kind of seen the, the full gamut of um, four guys in a garage building a solution to large you know, global scale. large scale organizations that are uh, trying to implement you know global global solutions. And, and and walk us through what Vertex does. I mean, it's 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 you know from my from my introduction like a tax service, a tax sure. uh, uh, solution, right? 
so, so let's double click a little bit on, on Vertex. Sure, Vertex focuses and produce, uh, pr provides solutions for indirect, indirect tax. Uh, indirect meaning it's sales tax, use tax, uh, VAT, um, you know, transactional based taxes, not mm -hmm. so much the, the income tax and real estate taxes, if, mm -hmm. if you think of it sort of in that way. Um, we provide everything from, and I look at it in two ways. Up front, you know, the front end of it is calculating the tax at the transaction, right? When the customer's on your website or the customer's in your cash lane mm -hmm. checking out, uh, you need to calculate the tax. Um, here in the U.S., it's right at, at the transaction. Mm -hmm. um, in, in VAT countries, it's already baked into the price. But you're calculating tax at the point of sale, um, charging the, the customer the right tax. So that's more the front end. And then we also have solutions that, that handle the back-end part of it, the, the compliance side, right? right? So once you've collected all that tax, um, at that month end, how you collect all that data, how much do you owe the jurisdictions? How much do you need to remit when you file your tax returns? Um, and then ev you know, everything in between. So we handle uh, calculation through compliance. And Vertex is around for 40 years, right? So, so like the, I, I guess the the e-commerce e piece of the business is relatively new, like maybe 20 years or so, right? So, the, so how did the company start? What was the initial? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, interestingly, Vertex was not a a software company at the very beginning. It was a content provider, content mm -hmm. company. So, Vertex was founded by the Westfall family um, to produce um, sheets of tax rates, right, in binders, and you would ship, we'd ship that out to customers, and they would mm -hmm. do what they do with it, right, key it into the point of sale or key it into whatever mm -hmm. system needed tax rates. Obviously, those rate cards or rate, those sheets of, of rate tables evolved into CDs and, and that sort of thing, and still just providing the content. And then um, last several de decades, we focused on, well, what if we built a uh, the, the, the calculator mm -hmm. around the, this rate content, right? Providing right. the solution that actually calculates the tax. So um, not only are we a, a software provider, but we're also a content provider. So we kind of, um, we kind of have a unique position uh, in that we, we, we have a um, fairly large group of researchers that their sole job is to research tax law, right. rate changes, new taxability, jurisdictional boundary changes, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So um, so this is all feed it into the system, so you 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 own it, you take control over it, you guarantee for, you know, it's, 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 it's calculated correctly in the end, right? And then you provide it via an API so that, you know, whatever business and touch point there is, they can integrate it into their solution? Correct, so we have, that's one way is through an API and that really, you know, that, that really talks to the composable commerce side of it, right? It's right. just, it's an API where you can call our solution to calculate tax on a transaction by transaction basis in real time as it's happening. And it's sort of just, sort of just in time type of calc. We also have solutions where we will, 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 will kind of go old school, if you will, and we'll mm -hmm. provide the content. So some point of sale platforms, they um, have their own native tax calculation engine and a retailer wants to utilize that. So what they're looking for from us is really just the tax content. I, right. and I want the rates for all the different types of products that I sell in all the different jurisdictions where I do business and we'll produce you know, custom developed um, formatting, the, mm -hmm. so the content in a, in a format that's uh, digestible by the point of sale and then provide that and then they upload that and then calculate right. uh, and transact just as they normally would. And it's a, it's a global service, so it works in Correct. You know, the US and Germany, it was all the different Ye taxation rules and Correct. We support all the regions in the world, you know, North America, LATAM, MIA, Asia-Pac. Um, right. We have global, uh, global coverage for okay. our content. And what, 
what is the business what's the business picture what what business problem are you are you solving for your customers so so you come in and you take away so it's it's uh, it sounds like it's not just for uh, companies which which with international business like even if you just operate in one country you take away the burden of you know dealing with different taxation rules for different goods and services and states and regions and right. whatever returns okay yeah so you know tax is more i think tax is more complicated than probably people the people the norm normal people realize, right, if you're not hooked into the world, into this world of, of tax compliance and how you calculate sales tax correctly, is that you're right. It, it, you might not be a global organization. You might not, we have a lot of customers who don't even operate in more than a couple states here in the U.S., mm -hmm. but they still face a lot of challenges and a lot of complexities because it used to be that um, as simple as you just multiply the, the price by a percentage, right, the tax rate, and there you go. That's a, you know, yeah. Price times 6%, 7%, whatever the rate is. Right. Um, but now it's very it's very complicated in that um, there's different taxability for different types of products, mm -hmm. right? Um, food is one example where you know certain mm -hmm. types of food are non-taxable and certain types are and and how you purchase it. Um, prepared foods is a good example for here is it to go uh, things like that. There's a lot of also here in the U.S. and, and Canada predominantly a lot of environmental fees that are attached yeah. to certain types of products and those mm -hmm. aren't even rates. They're flat fee or their quantity-based mm -hmm. fees right. that if I purchase um, a car tire, I have to pay $5 uh, disposal of the old tire. Right. Uh, I buy a mattress, there's a mattress recycling fee. I buy an appliance, there's a, a white goods tax. But on I would that. expect so, that like the variety of, of cases and, and edge cases is, is huge, right? So if, if you think about like uh, the examples you just mentioned, you know, if you multiply the complexity, you know, there are different right. products, there are different, you know, states, different countries, regions, you know, whatever. So, so, so how many... I don't know how many taxation rules, so to say, do right. you have in your in your backend system? Like, right, is and it like and millions? Is it like? It, and it can be. It's it's and it's it's really it, it escalated or accelerated through the pandemic as governments also saw shortfalls in in revenue because there's no one, not many people shopping, right, and a lot of people out of work. So they got creative with creating these new tax taxes on different types of products. There's also obviously the the, the um, taxes specific to digitally digitally delivered goods, mm -hmm. right? That, which is obviously yeah. hot right now. Um, so there's taxes specific to that. So there's so it, it, the way I explain it is that there's so many different dimensions to how you calculate tax. It's not mm -hmm. just what you're purchasing, but who you who is who is purchasing, whether they're an exempt customer or not. Um, the jurisdictions, right? Shipping where the ship from and the ship to, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what where you're shipping from and to, determine right. how the tax is calculated. And also the shipping fees themselves are dependent on what you're yep. shipping. So, you know, what I mean, it starts to snowball, and you just can't manage it yourself. And, and those those days of trying to manage it manually, and just uh, mm -hmm. you know, we have customers coming out of very manual intensive processes where they. Uh, look at state's Department of Revenue websites once a month and just to, just to look to see if the rates change, key it into a spreadsheet, upload that right. to point of sale or e-commerce. And, and, you know, it's not scale that, that type of approach is not scalable nowadays. A little bit, reminds me of a Rubik's Cube a little bit. So, you know, like, uh, how many, is there, is, is there a number? How many, how many different combinations, variations? Uh, I lose track. Ever? I lose track. <laughs> in, the, in the U.S. alone, I, I think there's, there's tens, if not hundreds of thousands of, oh, wow. of rules. Um, depending okay. on how you look at it, um, yeah, there's there's a lot. And, and so, so, so you have to have a team in the back end which basically monitors, let's say, the global taxation rules. And every Correct. small change is applied in a certain geography for a certain product for in a certain state. Then they feed back into the system. Is that how it works? That's correct. Oh, so wow. they, they 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 do the research, um, update the content, and then that content is reflected in our okay. solutions. So so I guess then, especially with 
the rise of commerce or e-commerce and you know cross-border trades that you have also seen then an exponential growth of of, of cases and use cases in the yeah yeah absolutely and and there's um, there's there's legislation um, like we have the Wayfair ruling here in the US and we also have um, marketplace facilitator laws mm -hmm. to, to to control or manage the taxation of selling and selling on a marketplace right. like Amazon Etsy eBay that sort of thing so that gets really it gets really complicated and it's not just the Number, sheer number, right? It's like you mm -hmm. almost like look at a Cartesian product, right? It's just like right. every different, all these infinite number of combinations of those rules. I think it's it's a great, um, it's it's actually a very great example of you know for 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 today's um, composable commerce podcast. So my, my my question would be, how was it done before you know something like Vertex existed, right? So like e-commerce is around, or, or how are still companies who are not using your service, right? Because yeah. like. If I think of the, the like all the digital commerce platforms, which I know they all have the ability to configure rules, right? So you can yes. either import product data, you can import prices. Uh, so, but, but but you are making the usage of this functionality basically obsolete, right? By 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 taking this away and putting it into a dedicated service, right? So so how was it done uh, uh, before? Before, before? Yeah, it was, that's a great question. It was done by um, whatever software. You were you were developing whether it's the point of sale or the e-commerce or the order management system or the ERP. You were essentially creating your own calc engine. You were mm -hmm. you know you had uh, developers who are focused on um, a wide variety of areas, right? Like yeah. finance and and inventory and and all of order management. And all of these things also have to understand tax law right. and then build that calculation engine. And it it worked back when before yeah. it was like super complicated. But maintaining complicated. it, right? This maintaining, is the yeah. Problem, right? And and who's going to maintain the tax rates? Like, are right. you, you going to leave that to the the retailer to do, or is is there going to be some monthly update? Uh, so that's sort of the part that we've taken over. Is we 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 will insert mm -hmm. our solution there and let us manage that mm -hmm. because it's it's focused on tax right this is what we do it's a great example for for i think the composable commerce uh you know mm -hmm. a paradigm in general where you know uh things which used to be a built-in functionality in a suite right uh you know be it on the product management side or the order management side things that now become smart third-party services right which go deep you know which are best of breed you know technology Correct. or building block uh, and, and, and help you to, to, to manage whatever loyalty, tax, payment in a much better way. So it's a great, great example. Correct. We've been sort of operating in that model before it was even labeled composable. <laughs> that, is that you know, the SAPs and oracles of the world would, would integrate with us to, to offload that tax calculation. Let's, right. just, let's just have the experts handle that piece right? before uh, you know, we, we try to reinvent the wheel, build it. Right. And what's the business objective? So what's the, the business pitch, right? Or the business value, which when you're talking to customers and you say, look, you know, you can build it yourself, uh, you know, you can manage and maintain it yourself, uh, um, or you can use us. So what's the business value you're selling? So a, a lot of it is just alleviating or eliminating manual processes because there's no other, there, I mean, other than manually, main, manually monitoring tax rate changes in tax law and mm -hmm. then trying to build that into your existing system yourself, um, it, it, unless you want to automate it yourself, we don't know too many retailers who want to automate that themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's one right um, value proposition is that mm -hmm. we're going to eliminate this, this manual process to how, however many headcount it takes you per month mm -hmm. to, to manage that. Um, also, the compliance side of it 
also. I mean, we're talking yeah. about legal compliance, right? Tax compliance. Right. So um, there really is no alternative. You're going to get audited. Uh, you're going to have to pay fees. A lot of also um, another value prop is the what we what what organizations call reserves. So they're anticipating mm -hmm. they're going to get penalized for non-compliance. So they've saved, they set aside some money. Right. Um, and depending on your level of confidence, right, you, you probably want to maybe put, you sock away a little bit more because you don't know what's going to come. And, and our customers who um, have used our solution and then really gotten it to, to fine-tune it to, the, to you know, really fit their needs is they've been able to reduce those reserves, right? And that's, and, that's and obviously so, so affects Because the basically more. you are guaranteeing for that, it's right? And they can, and, and, and if, if not, then what? So then, then still, it's, it's on you or, or, or how? Yeah, so guarantees, <laughs> uh, we, we don't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be compliant, but we, we provide the tools to, so that you can be enabled to be compliant. Okay. So you have visibility into when you're not compliant, mm -hmm. maybe the okay. best yeah, way to say it. Is to, so you have all the controls, you have all the visibility to fine tune the configuration and fine tune the settings so that you know that this product in this particular jurisdiction is taxed at this rate. Mm -hmm. And if you um, think otherwise, and you 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 have the visibility, you can change it. Right. You can configure it. So it just gives them that the tax department that much more visibility and, and control. And, and when you talk to clients, and and you know they uh, and, and they want to go down this composable cameras route, right? But they are not hundred percent sure what what exactly this is. They picked this buzzword maybe up somewhere. So how do you explain composable cameras to? customers what's, um, what's your it's, analogy it, it's it's using best of breed solutions to solve very specific needs instead of using um, a, a Swiss army knife for mm -hmm. every everything you need from cutting to you know a right. screwdriver it's not the Swiss army knife is not the best tool for each of those functions it's just a, a one-stop shop to mm -hmm. do it all but really what I need is a is a proper steak knife and what I need is a proper screwdriver and what I need is a as a as a proper corkscrew or right. you know what I mean so use specialized tools um, that can talk in a very seamless way that integrate in a seamless way so it doesn't look like disparate solutions mm -hmm. um, but you get the the sort of let the experts handle that particular function you know someone's built a better a mouse trap you know for that particular right. uh, purpose so why not use it and and are you are you hearing any objections that customers would have like you know hey you know I don't, I'm not sure this is for me uh, is, isn't this you know uh, more expensive does it take you know longer to integrate all these tools are there any any typical it, it, yeah it's an interesting question because I think prior to the pandemic um, we might have you know you, you like well it, what we have works mm -hmm. right and then 2020 came and then everybody had to pivot. And, and omni-channel just like exploded, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything, all the brick and mortar stores shut down and we all have to go online, mm -hmm. right? Well, oh, I have a tax solution for my brick and mortars, but I don't have, um, I don't have an adequate tax solution for my e-commerce or vice versa, right? You, you have to be able to pivot. And I think Composable Commerce enables you to do that because you're using best of breed and you can mm -hmm. integrate it into whatever channels you need it, mm -hmm. you need it for. Right. Um, so I think nowadays, I think retailers see that, see the need for that best of breed, um, spe highly specialized tool for this specific function mm -hmm. that I can leverage across my entire organization, mm -hmm. whether it's brick and mortar, e-commerce, mobile commerce, um, you know, internet of things, social media, um, vi in video game right. marketplace, you know, you name it, uh, you can use, reuse that tool and leverage its strengths across all of your channels. And, and what's your view, what's the the main advantage of a composable commerce approach, uh, if, if you think about like all the, the pros, right? So what's the main USP which you would always put forward? 
I think it's just that the, the, the accuracy and efficiency of that, whatever that tool's function is. So in the case of sales tax, right, you're going to have a um, function-specific tool to calculate and comply with sales tax requirements, right? Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's in the terms of um, the, the key stakeholders. So we're dealing with the tax departments of organizations. Mm -hmm. So in our solution, um, it speaks their language, right? It has concepts familiar to them mm -hmm. versus like a, um, to use a Swiss Army knife an analogy again, it's like it's not just a sort of a dumbed down version or like a very watered down version of a tax tool. So it's like, it's, it's like basically tool. talking to an expert versus right. just a generalist, right? Correct, so, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. Yep. It's yeah. very, it's, it's um, and whether it's tax or, you know, campaigns and, and, and you know, or loyalty or right. payment or whatever it is, right? It's developed by experts in the field, ideally. should be, right? The, the, <laughs> ideally, and, yeah. yeah, ideally, right? <sighs> and, and it should have all of those, those concepts that, that resonate with that particular group of stakeholders. Right. right. And it's the, it's the conversation which we are having with the different, the different personas, right? From like tech people to, you know, the CFO to the uh, business buyers. Is it, yeah. In context of composable counter, is it, is it different? Are they are they having different questions, though, different concerns, different challenges? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, they're they're all they all have the same objective is to you know do better for their organization. Mm -hmm. Right, overall objective is the same. But um, there the, the issues that resonate with each of those groups is different, right? The tax people that we speak with is like I don't care what it looks like or what form it takes. I just need the tax to be right, mm -hmm. right? And then the IT, and, and you know, IT is a pretty wide umbrella. It could be right. the security guys, could be the integration guys, could be the, you know, the infrastructure guys. Um, they all have different concerns and, and different areas that they want to focus on. Like how scalable is this? You know, how much, uh, if, I, if it's an on-premise solution, well, how, much, how much server horsepower do we need in our data center? You know, right. from a security standpoint, like how secure, how, how secure is this thing? So. Yeah, there's different questions and different concerns that come up uh, during our discussions. Interesting, and and when you when you think about like the, the conversations and, and and how it might have changed maybe in the, in the recent couple of years, uh, is there any is there any change? Is there any you know I mean given given uh, the macro environment and and uh, maybe also from a positive uh, point of view, you know uh, there, there have been recently so many examples of. Uh, the need for business agility and the need, like I mean, you, you mentioned pandemic, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's a conversation when you speak to customers, are they more open to this type of approach? Are they more sensitive to the need for change and for agility, right? Yeah. Uh, and not to go down this, you know, into into a rigid, you know, monolithic, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think the pandemic really <laughs> opened the eyes to being agile being scalable and being able to pivot very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Like when the stores shut down and we had to go 100% e-commerce. Right. Now say um, the pendulum swings and you know it's not gonna go 100% brick and mortar, but say the re people are already starting to return to the stores, right? They, or you know, we saw a big spike coming out of the pandemic when, when um, restrictions were lifted, right? You could go out again yeah. and people just kind of went out. They, well, I want to get out of my house. So I, right. I go out. So you start, we saw a spike in brick and mortar activity. But I think um, the pandemic, to your point, really um, made retailers, um, there was a mind shift, right? Yeah. It, it just, we need to be ready for any kind of disruption. Mm -hmm. 
And to do that, we don't know which channel is going to be affected, which mm -hmm. channels will be affected. So we need to be able to have solutions that I can leverage across multiple channels. And, mm -hmm. and to do that, you really need best of breed and you need to have things that are scalable. And I can't look at my business as just separate channels and separate silos anymore. Right? Right. Like, I can, oh, I've solved the point of sale issue. Right. Stores are running smoothly and everything yeah. and then e-commerce is kind of yeah. over here. Let's right? do the it's same kinda, all over yeah. again, but for new yeah. channels. I just, I just put up a website and you know, they just order stuff and it's, right. it'll, it'll, it'll do. I, I think, the, I think it's, it's changed um, the mindset of, of retailers in that they, they have to do the, right, the best thing, not the cheapest thing. And by the way, I forgot you to ask in the beginning uh, because we are talking about retailers, right? But I guess the solution has no, I mean, it would, would work for a B2B manufacturing company, right? As yep. well as for a services company, so there is no specific you know, need, uh, focus on retail only, right? Correct. <coughs> I mean, we look at it as, as, as any kind of transaction-based business, mm -hmm. right? Whether you're selling to a consumer or selling to a business, uh, a lot of those pains, almost all of those pains are, are the same, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have to transact, you have to calculate tax, uh, you have to file a mm -hmm. monthly return on those transactions for the month, so. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, you know, at Spryker, we, 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 we use this um, term which is compose outcomes beyond technology. And the reason why we are doing this is because we learned that you can give people the greatest technology on earth and it can be like, you know, super sophisticated. However, you know, it does not necessarily ensure, you know, that, that there will be business outcomes and business success. And there is way too much focus often on architecture, paradigms and, you know, all these all these terms which are flying somehow around <laughs> yeah, the industry. Yeah. Some yeah. people try to confuse uh, the, the, the people too much. So, you know, we've put together a group of, of and also a service which we call Composable Value Services, which, you know, is basically a collection of, you know, best practices and success playbooks and others, other material and, and, you know, from consulting to whatever, which we learned are needed to equip the customer for, you know, the, to be successful in, in his Composable Company journey. So I'm interested in, uh, do you have something similar? So how does Vertex, beyond providing the, let's say, API and providing the technology, uh, what teams do you have? How do you ensure customers are successful and they get to the business outcome which they seek? Yeah, so uh, interesting question because we, you know, I'm part of the Vertex consulting organization mm -hmm. and, and we have um, over 100 people and we all, or almost all, come from industry and have, lit, have mm -hmm. walked in those shoes before. We've sat on that side of the table where we've gone through the pains um, individually as, you know, as part of those retailers or manufacturers or banks or, or whatever whatever industry we're talking about. Um, so they know all the pain points. We, we understand you know, what the types of challenges there are. Um, so when we talk to customers, we can, we can speak their language. We, mm -hmm. you know, we can sympathize and empathize with what they're going through. Um, from a from a day-to-day -day business problem. And how does then the service look like? So it, it, it's good that you have people understand it, right? But is there any, like, I don't, I don't know, what is your customer success team doing? How do they help, right? Or is there any uh, certain, um, you know, consulting packages or, or templates or best practices which, which you have learned that, you know, if they are applied, then chances are very high that the implementation and usage of our technology yeah. will, will, will... Of course, we would love every every Vertex customer to uh, engage Vertex Consulting on their right. implementation. Um, but we understand that there's other, you know, they, they maybe they've partnered with a different implementer or whatever. But um, what we try to do is, is because the consulting organization, uh, and we're unique in the space that we have a professional services organization within mm -hmm. the overall product company, right? Okay. Is there's a feedback loop of what we see in the field from certain customers uh, we'll make it into the product so that the next customer who's either similar in nature or similar in size or have the same 
challenges uh, that that we've seen that issue before, right? We right. know we know how to solve for it, and whether mm -hmm. that's a a sort of a, a managed in the configuration and the the actual implementation of that particular customer, or baked into the product itself, mm -hmm. is that there's that knowledge sharing of what we're seeing in the field versus what's reflected in the product. And from a from, from a business outcome perspective, uh, are there any good examples where which which, which you're happy to share? Um, you know about customers who you know, by using the technology or switching from something else, from switching away from doing it themselves, you know, they achieved a certain business metric, right? You know, they reduced cost for, uh, by, I don't know, X, or, or they, you know, freed up resources for doing other stuff. Uh, so, so, so how would you measure a success kind of post-implementation? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't have any, unfortunately, I don't have any hard metrics on that, but, um, you know, we've seen customers reduce uh, I wouldn't say reduce the headcount of their tax department because what, what we how we look at it is look because um, that's a scary concept right, right. like oh, oh, does that mean layoffs does that mean you know right. there's things like that to think about but what we what we tell our customers part of our pitch is that look we can enable you to focus on more business strategic tasks mm -hmm. and not combing websites for tax rate changes mm -hmm. or keying in rates into a spreadsheet and those right. sort of mundane things that are not really value added. They have, have, so like have like a commodity commodities. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not um, it's not a value add for your for your organization for you to be doing things mm -hmm. that could be automated. Right? right. So free that up to look at maybe opportunities uh, to to uh, save on, you know, like I said, save on the tax reserves that your organization has, or, or other efficiencies to gain, or other other uses for that tax data. And and, and this makes total sense to me because when you know when I'm thinking about this, is actually, it's not necessarily like a value add thing, right? So you, you you won't sell more, right, because of that. But if it's done wrong, this this can do a lot of harm to the business, right? So so if you don't, you you have to think twice about hey, is is tax management is, is tax management a differentiator to me, right? Which very often, very likely it's not, right? But if it's done wrong, right? If you end That's up with, right. with you know, compliance issues or if you end up with having calculated the taxes wrong, right? This can do a lot of harm. You can have, you know, lost revenue. You can be, uh, you, you know, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great point because what we what we saw what we used to see is a tax is a uh, more of a cost center like it's something you have to do, mm -hmm. right? You just have to you have to comply with the tax, right? Um, uh, but th but there's two parts now. I mean, we're we're starting to see some customers use it more as a instead of a cost center, possibly a profit center, possibly more strategic. Okay. Uh, and that's a lot of it's the nature of the tax data, right? There's not a lot of places in an organization where there's that granular of data mm -hmm. into what's happening every minute in your stores or every minute on your website, right? right. You look at the tax data; it's every transaction, but broken up into more granular data, right? Line item and then line items are broken out into the jurisdictional components of the tax, right? Mm -hmm. How much did you pay the state, the county, the city, et cetera? Um, discounts and things like that, discounts and promotions. Um, so maybe there's a, there's a lot, there's value to other parts of the organization in that tax data. So now tax, you know, gets a seat at the strategic table instead of at the, oh, this is just something we have to do. Oh. And to your point of, um, you don't realize it if you're doing it right, but you, when you do it wrong, it's definitely a bad thing. And not only from yeah. a compliance standpoint in penalties and things like that, but also uh, customer experience, right? Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of that on yeah. as we go into an omni-channel world, um, customers who buy a product at a brick and mortar and mm -hmm. then buy the same product on your website, the tax is different. Mm -hmm. And so it might be off by a penny, yeah. but then it starts, the, 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 you know, 
could lead to class action lawsuits and start to inquiries about like, well, something's going on, you're not calculating Or tax just your conversion rate goes down because customers <laughs> are just not, not buying, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just, it, it, it's, it's bad PR, right? Mm -hmm. It's bad publicity to calculate tax wrong. And that could be, that could be more detrimental than any kind of right. penalty incurred by the, by the jurisdiction. And fast forward, like, you know, if, how do you think about composable commerce being, you know, still a relatively new, you know, trend? Uh, so in a couple of from years from now, so how do you see the composable commerce ecosystem and, and the typical setup, you know, play out for customers? Where is it, where is it going? I think it's going to grow. I mean, I, I, we've seen this uh, this last several years and in, in, in even before I heard a, the term composable commerce, the term microservices was thrown out around a lot to say, like, look, look we want to tax service we could just call from uh, our all of our channels and it's just calling the same tax engine mm -hmm. and then we want to use the same payment platform and we want to use the same campaigns for discounts and mm -hmm. um, promotions and that sort of thing and yeah. you name it there's a you know we want a microservice for it we want mm -hmm. it so yeah. you know leading into the composable commerce um, era of you know feature function specific tools for specific mm -hmm. areas is is I think it's just going to grow. I think it's just going to, you know, accelerate. Right. And and is is uh, do you see uh, any specific trends like for your industry? So so b because the, if you think about a commerce platform, right, it breaks up and many built-in functionalities now become smart third-party services. So is it is the same happening to 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 you know a tech service? So do you see, for example, your category being uh, split up into two three categories with best of breed? You know, highly specialized and expert vendors as, uh, over time as well. Um, I don't. I don't see uh, tax itself being broken out, but I do see what I have seen is that the um, the implementation is changing and evolving. Meaning mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, in, in most composable commerce rates, it's a central service you're calling, maybe or mm -hmm. or something. But we we're we've rolled out in edge computing solution where mm -hmm. you don't have to call the cloud or call our centrally hosted system or, or our software running in your centrally hosted data center, right? right. Is we can distribute our Calc Engine uh, in containers mm -hmm. to wherever you need it, whether it be in each store has a container, mm -hmm. um, containerized version of our Calc Engine, or each data center or each warehouse, um, right. you know, physical warehouses. Uh, you know, you just deploy it however you want it and you can spin up multiple instances of the container for load balancing and for okay. resiliency, that sort of thing. So okay. that, that's the way I s start to see it because it's, it's tax is difficult and then you can't break it up. Like I can't be 80% compliant mm -hmm. and then the 20% I worry about, right? It's, no, it's but for like, example, like the, the, maybe the backend piece or the front-end piece, like maybe some specialized vendors on certain part of you know the, the the service yeah that's true yeah so in that regard we do we we have we do have it broken up in that um you know the reporting piece is separate mm -hmm. from the calc piece you can okay. use our solution uh, for both either or or, or yeah. for both or right. um even during an implementation we have customers who want to do start with the reporting mm -hmm. piece first mm -hmm. um and then and then do the calc later or vice versa so there's that sort of segregation of it and from a buyer perspective so who who are you Selling it is it is it the CFO is is the CFO the typical buyer or is it still like the the IT team buying this as part of the overall composability story or is it like the the, the business sales marketing saying hey our composable commerce you know business model and the technology underneath consists out of you know Spryker for the commerce you know OS and Vertex for for you know taxation and 
Strive for payments, so so how does it? it it's um. So who's who's buying? It, it it varies. Now it's probably not going to be the marketing and the business people so much, but it's usually it's either tax is the initiator, the tax department, and they report up to the CFO. So it's that side of the organization. Um, sometimes it's a technical driven project mm -hmm. um, or implementation or or need. Right? Maybe they're going through an overhaul of their ERP landscape, mm -hmm. and now. Their old ERP is getting scrapped. That had all the tax logic, so now we need to find a tax solution provider. So it's more, right. more CIO, CTO driven, mm -hmm. um, but it varies. Sense. It depends on kind of the, it really, it's dependent on who's the, um, uh, who's really driving the, the, the project. Because we're usually looped into a, a larger overall project right. of some, some sort. Okay, this is interesting. Is there any advice you would give to your, yourself, like, Five five years back, anything you learned in the last couple of years, which um, you know you wished uh, you would have known. Uh, yeah, that later. is a tough question. Probably um, just to just to take a step back and understand the overall problem, and not so much in the weeds of this you know this particular situation. Mm -hmm. But overall, what are we trying to do here, right? And mm -hmm. we're trying to solve for tax, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a difficult thing because it's it's very easy to get into the details and just dive right in and fix that specific issue. Right. Um, but it, you know, it's very, um, it en enables you to be more flexible if you understand sort of the end game at a high level, mm -hmm. right, the objective. Okay. Yeah. And uh, is there any um, blog or book you, that you would like to recommend, something that, you know, inspired you or helped you recently? Um, not recently, but, uh, you know, when I'm looking at, um, trying to solve a customer's problem. Sometimes you you, you have blinders on. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I used to read a lot of design books, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and they're not really like technical design, but mm -hmm. overall yeah. sort of design of everyday things, that right. sort of thing is sort of uh, think outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be always the same type of solution or sometimes you put, you, you start, it's too focused on a certain type of, what the solution should look like instead of focusing on the problem. Right. Um, so that, that's what I would recommend is like, like kind of take a step back and look at the big picture mm -hmm. and what are we trying to do and, and sort of anything's game, right? right. You, you, can, you should be able to consider um, any tool or that tool to look like anything and not have to look like status quo. Yeah, okay, makes total sense. Well, uh, thank you, Peter, for being on the show. I think, you know, this is a great, great episode about these, you know, different building blocks of the Composal Commerce, you know, uh, story and Composal Commerce ecosystem. And I was great double-clicking on this very important uh, aspect, you know, of, of, of taxation. Some people might not think it's, you know, sexy, but it is important, right? And uh, without without that, nothing would, would, would really right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so, so thank you for double-clicking on this. Thank it was you. super exciting. Thank you. Thanks for having me.